Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. I appreciate your joining me, all of you listeners, subscribers, followers on Instagram and Facebook. If you are interested in knowing more about the podcast or knowing when the episodes are going to show, you can subscribe and they will download directly to your podcast listening app. So listeners, subscribers, totally appreciate you. Also, if you write a review, an honest review, I would love that too. So April 21st through 27th is the Infertility Awareness Week. And today we're going to be talking with Catherine O'Brien about infertility and how it can impact women and relationships and mental health. But I thought I would share a little bit about infertility before we get started. According to the uh, CDC, infertility means you're not able to get pregnant after one year of trying or six months of trying if a woman is 35 years or older. You may also uh, be considered infertile if you have if you can get pregnant, but you can't stay pregnant. And also about 10% of women, 6.1 million people in the United States, ages 15 to 44, have difficulty getting pregnant or staying pregnant. One in six couples have fertility challenges. Infertility affects men and women equally, with about 15 million people in the U.S. annually having difficulty. Fertility naturally declines after age 50 for men and after age 30 for women. Before age 25, 4% of women have difficulty achieving a successful pregnancy. For women between 26 and 34 years, 13% have trouble having a baby. For women between 35 and 39, 25% have difficulty conceiving, and that goes up to 34% after the age of 40. For women, as we discussed last week, the most common cause of infertility is polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is a hormonal imbalance problem that can interfere with normal ovulation along with a whole host of other symptoms. And so the reason we're focusing on infertility in today's episode is one, it's Infertility Awareness Week, but also infertility can impact mental health. So whether you're having difficulty getting pregnant or staying pregnant, each time you find that you're no longer pregnant or didn't get pregnant, it can be really, really difficult. According to the North Carolina Medical Journal, fertility patients' most common mental health symptoms are associated with anxiety and depression. As treatment becomes more physically and emotionally demanding and intrusive, there is a higher incidence of reported symptoms of anxiety and depression. 
And each time a woman's cycle begins again, there can be feelings of anger, betrayal, guilt, sadness, and loss. The statistics and facts that I shared earlier were either from uh, the CDC or womenshealth.gov. So today, my guest is Catherine O'Brien, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist, speaker, and educator, and is the founder of happywithbaby.com. Happy With Baby provides counseling and coaching for new and expecting parents, facilitates courses to help parents manage expectations of parenthood, as well as understanding developmental milestones of infants and children. Catherine is a California State Co-Coordinator for Postpartum Support International and has been volunteering with them since 2011. She also helped establish a Mother's Heart, a local organization in Sacramento that supports women and families affected by perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. Catherine found her true passion after giving birth to her first child and realizing that even with a strong relationship, adding a beautiful little baby really rocks your world. She wants to help couples have a plan to thrive during this transition instead of just surviving. Catherine is also married to her perfect partner and is a mother of a seven-year-old son and three-year-old daughter. As a wife, mother, and businesswoman, Catherine knows what it's like to be a parent that is overwhelmed, exhausted, and doubting her competency. Her life's work is all about enabling moms to look at their own lives with the same compassion and unconditional love that they so generously give their families. And interestingly enough, today, Catherine and I are not going to be talking about what it's like to give birth but what it's like when it's really hard to get pregnant. So we're going to be talking about infertility and how that can impact relationships and sense of self and your worth. So I hope you'll join me in this interview with Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Woman Warriors podcast. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited about our conversation. But before we get started, if you could just share with the listeners a little bit about you, your work, and what inspired you to do the work that you do. Yes. So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist here in Sacramento, California, and I've been licensed just about 15 years. Um but I kind of got into doing the specific work I do with the new and expecting parents 10 years ago when my son was born. And I realized (laughs) naively how bringing home a baby um, impacts your relationship on a whole new level. Like I knew I had read a lot of things. I had worked with clients that had children before that, but it just didn't really hit me as hard as it did when I brought home our son. Mm -hmm. And so I started putting together like things that I wish I would have known Um, about just, you know, from basic communication skills to when you're exhausted and household management and dealing with, you know, family, other family members, like in-laws and stuff like that, and then just how to keep that intimacy alive. So then Mm -hmm. I started putting this together and put together a workshop that then 
um, my husband and I started teaching together. So with that, I started seeing more and more um, new parents, new and expecting parents into my practice, which then I started seeing more and more postpartum depression and anxiety and infertility issues and um, adoption and all sorts of things. So it's just kind of um, gone from there, which I like so love the work that I'm doing. Um, and it's definitely my passion. Like I knew I always want to be a therapist from a young age. I just didn't know what that was going to look like until we had our first child. So, well, to me, I'm always amazed and I don't know why I should be amazed because it makes (laughs) total sense, but that, 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 you know, the therapists who come from, you know, I think that work from their passion, that work from the things that they have I don't know, worked through, survived, gotten, yeah. you know, a know about, like that they're the most passionate people about their work. And I just think it's amazing. Yeah, no, I totally agree too. Just, yeah, I know a lot of colleagues that have different passions and it's just, it's neat to see. So yeah, yeah I do enjoy this. Yeah. So uh, I know a lot of your focus on your practice is about having your first baby or having children mm-hmm. in your relationship easier uh, or survivable or not so yeah. much surviving, but really enjoying. Uh, yeah. But two, when you really, really want to have a baby and you can't, or it's just not working, I, I know that can be so hard. My, yeah. my, my third, between my middle and third son, there's seven year difference. And okay. Her, for about three years, it was really hard to get pregnant and pretty much had given up that that was going to happen, that we were going to have a third child. And then, of course, surprise. We yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't really a surprise because we had been working on it, but we right, right. thought that maybe this wasn't going to be what was, and it was hard. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We, our, our kids are four years apart for pretty much the same reason. I, you know, one year in and we're like, okay, I think we're ready to start trying. And yeah, it wasn't happening. And finally it was like, okay, we gave up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had gotten rid of a bunch of stuff. We still happened to have the crib and the, and the stroller. Somehow they were still in there. But as soon as we got rid of that stuff, I was like, huh. <laughs> like, I'm like, I kind of had come to terms like, okay, like, I guess, you know, we have one super grateful, amazing kid, but you know, yeah. and so it was... <laughs> I was like, well, there she is. <laughs> so, yeah, funny. Yeah, and they say, you know, stress is, is a huge, you know, and I just, you know, every month when you're like, you're trying and that disappointment, you know, your period starts and stuff like that. I hear that from women all the time and just the stress of like, okay, yeah. ovulation and, you know, you're working for it, you're, you're timing things, you're taking, you know, all sorts of, you have the apps and all these different things. Um, that they have now to help you, but it has a whole level of stress as well. Absolutely. And I feel like we know so much more in terms of like timing and when it's right and ways to mm-hmm. track that, you know, I know, I mean, I'm old, my kids are older, but mm-hmm. you know, it's about taking your temperature and yeah. you kind of knew when your cycle was and this was how many days. And now yeah. there, I feel like there's so much more information that you could be thinking about it all the time, all the time, all the time. But yeah, there's so many different resources. And then it's like, well, do I have the right ones? And I've been doing this one. So but this isn't working. Let me get another one. And you know, just, you know, I have moms that put up our, you know, put a lot of pressure on themselves, like, 
trying and, you know, struggling. So, well, and two, I wonder, I wonder about the role of social media today in terms of people trying to get pregnant or even just being vocal about it. And if it's not happening, how difficult that can be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I find that like, I feel like uh, social media, there's the good and the bad, right? Mm -hmm. Because when a woman and, you know, and her partner and they're trying to get pregnant and they're not, and then you start seeing like your friends are pregnant or they're having their babies, you know, it can be really, really triggering and really upsetting. But then there's also, you know, some social media stuff out there that's helpful and supportive and that place of like, okay, I'm not alone in this. And there's other, there are other people that are going through it. Yes. So I always tell people, I'm like, monitor, like follow the things that feel good and unfollow the things that don't. And I, I think one of the good things, at least on Facebook now, is you can still be friends with someone and just unfollow them so their stuff doesn't pop up. Yes. yes. So it's like if they're in a season of like, you know, where it feels like triggering and, you know, upsetting, don't yeah. follow them for now, you know, yeah, right. you until you, you go through your stuff, you know, that you need and that, that you can feel better. So, mm-hmm. you know, what sorts of, Obviously, the infertility, you know, not getting pregnant can be just difficult on its own. But do you see it impacting other parts of, you know, relationships, families? Mm-hmm. And what, what are you seeing? Yeah, I see. Yeah, I see a lot of impacts in so many different areas. Because so if they're really, you know, struggling with infertility, and then they're trying like IVF or IUIs, it's like, you know, all this stuff gets really expensive. So then there's that, you know, can be a financial burden, financial stressor, which is huge. And we know that money is a huge stressor in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if they're, if one partner is the one that's infertile, like, you know, could feel guilty, or like their, you know, their body feels is letting them down or, you know, that they're responsible for maybe their partner not getting the child that they want or, you know, all those different kinds of things. So there's a lot of guilt and shame and, you know, just these stressors um, that go into it. And then, you know, I think people don't really necessarily understand unless they've been through it, what, what the impact is. And oftentimes, sometimes you stop telling people because, you know, then you have to answer questions. Like if, you know, if you're struggling with getting pregnant and then, you know, maybe there's a miscarriage or something like that. It's like, you know, I'll have women that tell me like, I just stopped telling people. So then you're dealing with that grief and loss on your own, you know? So there's, I just feel like it's just such a, you know, such a hard experience to go through. So it's like getting, you know, the support, like there are like support groups and stuff out there. It's like finding the support with people that that get it and can understand it and, or, you know, your family members or friends that are really supportive and understanding of what you are going through, you and your partner are going through. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about, which of course the financial piece, but two, then each time, if there is a a failed pregnancy or a miscarriage Mm -hmm. that just that heartbreak again and again, and of course, you know, month after month hoping and then Mm -hmm. not having it be really, really difficult. And I know I can remember, um, I think, you know, with good intentions, people telling me like, well, you know, when you're stressed, you know, you're not going to get pregnant or it's harder or almost like it's really your fault that you're not getting pregnant. Yes. And that wasn't very helpful, but I do remember feeling like there's something wrong with 
me, even yeah. though I'd gotten the tests and I was, my body was doing what it was supposed to and my husband's sperm was doing what it was supposed mm-hmm. to, but it just wasn't happening. Yeah. Well, and you know, there are like, you know, they say one third of fertility issues are, you know, due to the woman, one third are due to the men, and then one third are due to like other things that maybe they don't even always know what, what the cause is or what's happening, you yeah. know, so yeah. they can't identify it. So, but it does, it feels like, oh, okay, so if I was just not stressed, like <laughs> this would happen. Like it's, it's not, you know, always that easy. There's, you know, sometimes they can't figure it out, you yeah. know, but it does, it feels like it's all on you and you're responsible and somehow you're failing in a way. So then you're dealing with, with that, like, you know, here, are, you know, here I'm a woman, I'm supposed to be able to, you know, that's like one of the things I, I'm supposed to be able to do and I'm not able to do it. And so there's a lot, a lot that goes in with that um, mm-hmm. well, for, just the, for a person. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole societal sort of expectation. Oh, for sure. Like, you know, well, you're married now, it's time to have kids. Oh yeah. People ask you that you're on your wedding day, you know, like, oh, when are you going to start having kids? You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And I, I really try hard never to ask people anything or like when they have a baby, never ask them when they're going to have another one, because mm-hmm. it's, it's so tricky. You don't know what the situation or the circumstances are. And mm-hmm. I mean, I even remember personally, my husband and I were on vacation with our son and he's like two and we're walking down the street and someone asked us where our other baby was. And we're like, what? And they're like, oh. oh, you need to have another baby. And this random stranger starts telling us how we need, how we can't just have one child. And it's like, you don't even like you just see us walking down the street. Why are you giving me an, a schooling on where my other child is? You know, and so wow. and I know this. Like I hear from other women, like how hard that is, and they, you know, they don't always tell people like, well, we are trying because yes. they don't want to, you know, yeah. due to shame, due to having to explain themselves or anything like that. So you know, and there's like cultural aspects too, like with infertility and stuff like that, where they don't want to like share that. So you know, there's all sorts of things that go into it. Yeah. And two, uh, I think it's interesting that whether you're pregnant or you have a new baby, it gives strangers permission <laughs> to either touch you or touch yes. your baby or have that, like, where's your other baby? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I think that they can ask you personal information. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of a weird dynamic. And it, it is. doesn't help. But yes, you get, oh, sure. you get, thrust into this, this mm-hmm. space of having to deal. So what are some of, you know, how are you helping them at, if they're going through infertility stuff, IVF, or just, you know, not succeeding in getting pregnant mm-hmm. initially? How are you helping them through that? You know, several different ways. I mean, I think one of the number one things is like helping them to reduce the levels of stress yeah. you know, at work, at home, you know, because that definitely is going to impact it. So what, you know, what are, what are they doing? Because I feel like oftentimes they're trying to do everything, you know, to make mm-hmm. everything right. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that takes a toll on, on our bodies. And so what are the ways that to work through that and how to work through like any anger, depression, anxiety feelings that they're having, helping them cope with like the marital stressors and stuff like that, that they might be having. Yeah. So, and then just the social isolation, cause that's a big piece of it. Um, yeah. You know, I've talked to a lot of moms that have, you know, women that have tried to, that are just isolating themselves and feel like alone. So trying to find like that support and who they can talk to and who, you know, besides me, their therapist, like who else they can 
reach out to for support. And then just even with communication with our partners, because oftentimes it's not the same, they're not experiencing it the same way. So uh-huh. it feels like that can be a real challenge. Like, you know, it's not hitting, it doesn't appear to be hitting them the same way that it's hitting the woman. You yeah. know what I mean? So um, it's working through that. Like there's not a right way to, it's not one right way to grieve a loss or expectations or anything like that. So it's like helping them through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would imagine that just because in relationships, everybody, each person does manage things differently. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling as if, you know, you're not, your emotional needs aren't being seen or heard, mm-hmm. that, especially around not having a baby, that would be really mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. Well, and then I've had where the partner will like say like, you know, it doesn't matter to me anymore because they're seeing their their wife, their partner, you know, going through um, fertility treatments and, you know, medication and shots and all of them have to go through that. And, you know, of course there's like, there, of course there's like mood swings and all sorts of stuff that goes in with taking any fertility medications. And so sometimes they'll be like, you know what, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. And they're kind of like back off. And then they, so then the woman will feel like I want this more than they do. Or, you know, there's this like, and that's not necessarily always a way, but it's like, you know, they're seeing it from two different angles oftentimes. So yeah. Yeah. Seeing the struggle of what it's it's like looking, helping them look at the different perspectives too. And like understanding where each, each other is coming from Mm -hmm. in the, in the circumstance. Yeah. Well, and I would imagine just the opportunity. I mean, it's interesting looking back, like I, I didn't see counseling when I was struggling mm-hmm. with getting pregnant, but just having someone be there to acknowledge mm-hmm. the losses, even if it wasn't actually a miscarriage, but like the yeah. feeling of loss each time I, I got my period. Yes. Like, like it was like this, oh, it, it could be, it could be. And then nope, not again. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. was so hard. And yeah. I would imagine just having that space to be able to share that would be a really nice thing. Well, and I think like, and oftentimes it's like, that's what it, you know, doing counseling is it's dealing with grief and loss, you know, whether, whether it is that grief, like you have gotten your period again, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, because when we want something, we envision it. And like, oftentimes as women, as young girls, we, we play, you know, we play house, we play, you know, my, my daughter calls it family. She plays family. Um, And and I'm like, Oh, we always called it house. And she calls it family. But, you know, having this from a very young age and this, that's what we're going to do. We're going to have kids and we're going to do this. And so then you get to that stage in your life where you're ready and you're not able to. And it's, you know, it's years of this like expectation and this vision that you have. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just supposed to be able to do it like without, I mean, really understanding that maybe it might not be that easy. Once I Mm -hmm. decide, yes, I want to have this baby. It might not be like you're pregnant. Yeah. So do you have any um, resources or tips that would be super helpful or both for the audience in terms of if someone is struggling with infertility issues, if they are really feeling isolated or whatever, what, what can they do? Yeah, there's a really great website. It's called resolve.org and they have like, they have resources for parents. They do 
like education, advocacy and stuff like that for infertility, but they have like, they have a find a professional link. So you could find, hopefully find someone in your area um, and finding support groups. They have a helpline, but then they also have like helpful articles and um, perspectives from other other people that have gone through fertility issues as well. So I think sometimes that's always that, okay, I'm not alone in this. I'm not the only one. Cause especially when we isolate ourselves, we feel like we're alone. We're the only ones that are going through this and it's not, that's a terrible feeling to have. So yeah. I think oftentimes it's, it's good to hear other stories and be like, okay, like, you know, it, it's going to get better. It's not always going to be like this. Yeah. Um, so they have a lot of really, really good resources on there. You know, and I think it could be good too if you want to have somebody else understand about it because it's just, you know, they have like basic information about, you know, like one of their links is infertility 101, you know, so just even being able to understand some of the, the stuff that um, people are going through. And so I yeah. think, I think that's always helpful. Like I will, um, like sometimes I'll share a story with, you know, a partner or something like this is maybe your partner, maybe your wife can't explain to you what she's going through, but this might be able to, this is written in a way, you know, yeah. so to kind of give this like perspective, mm-hmm. um, vision for them that they can maybe sometimes understand a little bit better. Cause you know, sometimes we can't say, we don't, we know we feel terrible, but we're not very able to articulate exactly how we feel. So sometimes if we can read something, we're like, Oh yeah, this, this resonates with me. And then someone else can read it and, and maybe understand a little bit better about. Yeah. 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 Cause when you're in it, it is hard sometimes to articulate what's really say what's really happening yeah yeah and um i know that um you are a big advocate and work with postpartum international as well Mm -hmm. right yes yes and i know you know you know that doesn't necessarily help with infertility but if you have anxiety and you're not getting pregnant and then you do yeah you may end up with some anxiety afterwards too right well, yeah, because oftentimes, you know, when if you've when you get pregnant and you've gone through infertility, you know, it does increase your risk of a postpartum mood or anxiety disorder. Mm. Um, you know, oftentimes because of like the fertility um, medications that you're taking, and so I think it's making sure you have a good plan in place. And then you know, I'll have the moms that have gone through really tough fertility issues, and then bring their baby home finally so happy that they have they have their baby that they've worked so hard to conceive and then they start struggling with depression Mm. or anxiety and then it's like oh my goodness maybe I wasn't supposed to be a mom like this is so awful you know so then it's like that is just a whole nother piece of it and then like helping them through that because yeah of course like they've worked so hard they've been doing like everything possible um and not because you get depression or anxiety postpartum does not mean you were not meant to be a mom, you know, that has nothing to do with it. So um, it's like helping them, helping them with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've had other conversations about, yes, just how difficult it can be with postpartum issues. But again, like you're working so hard because this is what you want and this Mm -hmm. is sort of, the ideal for our society. And when you have a baby, everything will be great. Well, maybe not so much, you know, it's hard. Well, and I think sometimes we try so hard We're they're trying so hard for that, that mm-hmm. there's no planning for like after and like the impact 
too, you know, so there's, there's all these components and you've just been under like the biggest stressors of life, like the biggest transition issues. Mm -hmm. So of of course it's going to be difficult, but the thing with like, you know, um, perinatal mood or anxiety disorders is that, you know, they are treatable, you know, with that support, with, um, you know, whatever that looks like, you know, sometimes medication counseling, social supports, familial supports, like all of that is important. Yes, absolutely. So how do people find you, Catherine? Out there. So I, yeah, so my website is um, happywithbaby.com and I am on Instagram and Facebook under happy with baby as well. Nice. Try to share different like inspirational things, stories, um, just things for helping with your relationship and a big supporter of basic everyday self-care things to really, you know, take care of yourself on a regular basis. So Mm, love that. So important. So important. And when you have kids, sometimes that goes out the window. (laughs) So I'm like, what are the small, tiny little things that you could do? You know, because we're busy. We, there's a lot of expectations on us as women these days. So how, how do you do the small little things to take time to take those deep breaths, you know, in the morning before you jump out of bed and race off to the first thing. So yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm a big fan of that self-care. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Well, thank you so much. Your, all of your links and resources um, will be provided in the show notes for the podcast. So people can find you there, but thanks so much for being a guest today. Thank you again so much for having me. It was definitely my pleasure. Thanks again for joining me for this episode of Women Warriors. And I hope you enjoyed my conversation about infertility with Catherine O'Brien. The resolve.org sounds like a great resource for people who are struggling with infertility. So I hope that if you are, you'll check that out. And if you need therapy, if you need support, it sounds like there's a, a link there you can click to look for providers know that there are people out there that can help. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Ciao for now from This Woman Warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to The Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.